Welcome to Corgi Confident. My name's Alyssa. I am the self-proclaimed Corgi Queen. Let's talk Corgis. Hello, hello, Corgi Confident listeners. This is going to be Wiggle Butt Wednesday, where I talk all things Corgi. And really, I talk all things Corgi all the time, because that's specifically what this podcast is about. But Wiggle Butt Wednesday is Corgi Tips. All right? So this Wiggle Butt Wednesday, we are talking about life with a working breed. Okay, this is going to be my biggest tips for day-to-day life with a Corgi. And my bird, Patty, apparently has something to say. So if you hear the bell and little chirping, that is my Patagonian Conure Patty chiming in as a co-host, apparently. I do not shy away from animal sounds in this podcast. I have dogs. I have a bird. You're going to hear it. I'm not going to try and hide it. So (laughs) just to let you know, if you haven't figured that out yet, by the other episodes where I have dogs barking. (laughs) Anyways, this is going to be... Life with a working breed, my biggest tips for living with a corgi and living with a corgi simultaneously and harmoniously. So it's equally beneficial for both of you. (laughs) So my first concept I want to talk about that I've touched on um, in some of my puppy episodes is nothing in life is free. Nothing in life is free right? So I don't know about you, but I still got bills to pay, right? If only that was free. If only I didn't have to worry about bills, that would be great. (laughs) So that same concept can be applied to dogs. Nothing in life is free. So what does that mean? That means turn everything into a working opportunity. Everything into a working opportunity. Mealtime, if you have the time for it, obviously, if you're rushing to go to work in the morning, then, you know, don't worry about it. But turn meal time into training time, right? So instead of putting their kibble in a bowl, take those pieces, if they're motivated enough, and do some training with them. And it can be something simple like asking them for sits and downs. If they already know spin, like asking for a spin, you know, behaviors that they already know, and then their reward is a piece of kibble. It could be something like that. Or maybe you can turn meal time into like training a new trick time, right? So turn meal time into training time. You can also take that kibble with you and and you can take them for a walk, right? And you can give them their kibble as a reward for a walk. So just turn meal time into something more productive for their brain than just releasing them to their bowl of food, right? So what else can you do for this nothing in life is free? You can turn playtime into training time, right? So let's say you're playing fetch and before you start, before you throw the toy, just have them do a sit, down, spin, whatever behaviors they know, and then they get to throw the toy. Right? So that's their reward. You are still making them work for that reward. It's still something fun and rewarding for them to do because they love playtime. But turn it turn it into a working opportunity, right? Or you can do that like also with 
tub toys, for example, right? So you can ask them to do a behavior and then they get to tug for a little bit. Then you ask them to drop it and they have to do something else. And then you tug for a little bit. And I have noticed incorporating toys with some of Maslow's training has actually made his skills a little bit more precise and a little bit quicker than using food because he has that motivation more with the toys than he does with the food because he's having a lot of fun with the toys, right? So... For example, I've noticed his uh, figure eights between my legs are tighter when I use toys as a reward versus food. They are quicker, they are faster when I use toys as a reward uh, versus food. So that's something else to play with. You can also, you can, you can literally turn everything into a working opportunity. Before they go outside, they have to do a sit and a down, right? And then their reward is they get to go outside anything you can think of into a working opportunity. Make them work. They are a herding breed. They are a working breed. They love to work. Something else is before you give them a bone, right? Like my dogs like bully sticks a lot. They love their bully sticks. So before I give them a new bully stick, I make them do something for it, right? I make them work for it. And I've noticed having that nothing in life is free mentality has really helped them kind of get out some of that mental energy a little bit, right? And so my next tip is going to be have a set of rules. And I highly encourage you to write them down just to make sure everyone in your household knows the rules and so that they also have your dog follow the rules, right? Uh, But I've noticed specifically like Corgis thrive on structure. They really do. Um, And so I'll do different things. Like Maslow has to wait before being released from the kennel. That's an automatic behavior for him now. Um, But I did have to train that. So every time I opened the kennel door, I would have to tell him to wait or stay. And then he had to stay there before he was released. That is part of his rules now. He know he knows that now. I don't have to tell him to do it. I just open the kennel door and it's an automatic behavior for him, right? Um, something else is he has to wait before going outside. Now, this one isn't as automatic yet. We are working on it. But I will tell him to wait or stay by the front door, right? He has to wait or stay. And we have gotten up to the point where I tell him and he can do it with the door wide open, right? And think about it. That's also very beneficial if you have to get a package in the door, if there's someone at the door, if you accidentally leave the door open or something like that, that he's not going to run off. So that has been one of his sets of rules that um, I'm still working on. Uh, I still have to tell him to wait. Sometimes I can get away without telling him but he still has to be told to wait or stay. Um, One that is automatic, though, for him is he has to wait or stay before coming inside. So before coming inside the the front door, he is not able to come in until I say so. Um, And I, I don't mean to do these things to be cruel. I am just trying to make his little brain work because he really does thrive off of structure and work. Um, So I'm not 
like keeping him from doing anything. But like if my hands are full or something, then I want to be able to come in first and maybe like drop off what I have and then he can come inside or something like that. Again, it's just to give him a set of rules uh, so he can be successful because he really, he really does strive off of structure. All three of them do, but um, Maslow in particular just really, really needs it. The next thing, um, if you're not using your meal for training time, right, for me, if I'm not using their kibble for training time specifically, then their, their rule, and I don't have to say it for them, they already know, their rule for dinner or breakfast is they have to wait to be released before they can eat. So I just set the bowl down and they wait there and they give me eye contact and they know they have to give me eye contact and they have to wait for their release word right? So that is one of their rules. Um, another rule is if I'm eating, I do allow them to be next to me. People might be mad at that. Be like, well, you're a trainer. Why do you allow your dogs to be like that? I allow them to be next to me. They can be next to me when I'm eating. I don't really care all that much about that. What they are not allowed to do is jump up on me or paw at me. They can sit there and that's fine, but they are not allowed to jump up on my leg or anything. And they do still waver on this. We're working on this being like a permanent set of rules, but they do know the off command. So if they jump on me, I'm like, mm, off. And they know it and they listen to it. Something else, uh, their set of rules. I don't know if this one would really count as a set of rules, but when I tell him to do something, he has to do it and he has to wait until he's released. And so what I mean by that is if I tell him to sit, he has to sit right there and he has to wait there. I'll usually tell him stay first, but he has to be in that position until I tell him otherwise, right? Uh, I've talked previously about my difference between stay and wait a little bit. Um, actually, I think that episode releases after this one, now that I think about it. So that will be in a different episode. But if I tell them to do something, they have to do it until they are released. So I make things on my terms, not their terms, right? They have to listen to me. Corgis, if you give them an inch, they will take a mile. Okay, so I try to be on top of that. And, and I do like to have a set of rules. And it's not when I say a set of rules, I'm not saying like they get punished if they don't listen to it. Like that's not what I'm trying to say at all. But if I bring this one up last of when I tell them something they have to do it, if they don't do it, then I put them back to where they were, put them back in whatever position I told them to be, and they have to stay there. Um, I will put them back in that position. If they break it themselves, they don't get to get away with that. I don't let them get away with that. And again, this makes me sound like so mean to my dogs, but I don't, I don't let them get away with it because I don't want them to get used to the fact that they can get away with it. I want them to know that I mean what I say. When I say sit, I mean sit, not sit until you don't feel like it anymore, right? Overall, manners matter. You know, I, I, I like to teach my dogs manners, right? I like them to know their sits and their downs and their stays and their recalls. 
Um, and I like them to know off, you know, I like them to know that really, really well. So a set of rules for your Corgi for sure is one of my, my biggest tips for you is to have a set of rules. And I would encourage you, like I said, to write it down just to make sure you understand it clearly. Because if you don't understand it clearly, your dog sure as heck is not going to understand it clearly. And to make sure everyone in your household is going to understand, understand it clearly. And if you have kids, bring your kids in on this too. Make sure the kids know the rules for the dog too. You want to make sure your dog, your corgi specifically, is going to listen to everyone in your household, right? You want to make sure that they listen to everyone that tells them to sit, to everyone that tells them to stay. You want to make sure they listen to everyone. My next tip for living harmoniously with your corgi, puzzles. Puzzles for your corgi. So this can be in a couple different forms. You can have your slow feeders, right? So... Slow feeders and Kongs, I kind of group together because what I do with the slow feeders and the Kongs is I put wet food in them, canned food, and I freeze them. Now, I don't make canned food an everyday part of their diet. It is just a fun little thing here and there. I do not want them getting hooked on canned food and then only <laughs> wanting to eat canned food. That sounds awful. I don't want to be... I don't want to be held to that, you know, canned food can get expensive. So I just use it like a fun little treat, but uh, it's a more nutritionally beneficial treat than just like peanut butter. So that's why I prefer to use canned food. Um, you can also do banana. A lot of people will smash a banana and put it in those puzzle feeders and then freeze that. If you're really concerned about calories, you can soak some of their regular kibble until it's nice and squishy and gross, and put that in their Kong or their slow feeder and freeze it. And so I like that um, method for a lot of people because it's easy. Uh, it's really easy. A lot of people already have slow feeders or Kongs for their dogs, so it's not going to break the bank for them, right? Um, and it's just something like they work their brain, right? And they're actively trying to get at this thing you know, this frozen thing, and it's going to keep them occupied for a long time. It's going to keep them mentally stimulated for a long time, which with a working breed, you want to keep them mentally stimulated, right? You want to give them something to get some of that mental stimulation out. You want to give them an outlet for it. So the other thing, uh, the next puzzle, I guess you could say, that I would recommend are like IQ puzzles. Now, IQ puzzles... They can be pricey. Um, I have found a few at like Goodwill or Value Village though, so you can always look there and see if there's any. Um, but they definitely get expensive. Um, you can find a lot on Amazon, a lot of different kinds of IQ puzzles. I, I don't use them all that much uh, just because Maslow figures them out so quickly. Like I don't want to spend... 20 and 30 bucks on another puzzle that he's just going to figure out in like two days. And then it's not really going to be stimulating that much really for him, or it's not going to take him as long anymore. So I, I don't really use them all that much, but I know a lot of people that do. And a lot of people swear by them. I still have a couple, 
I just don't really use them anymore, uh, if I'm being completely honest. The next puzzle to look into are treat dispensing toys. And instead of using treats in them, if you are, you know, at all worried about calories, I have put kibble in them. So Lexi and Quill will get their breakfast or dinner sometimes in a treat dispensing toy. And so it allows them to work their brains trying to get their kibble out. It's not going to affect them as far as like their calories because it is part of their part of their daily diet. It's still their kibble, but it gives them more of that mental mental stimulation. It gives them a chance to work their brain more, right? Like I had mentioned earlier, turning mealtime into training time, it's that, that same concept. Something else uh, to use is a snuffle mat, S-N-U-F-F-L-E, snuffle mat. They are so easy to make at home. You can take a look at Pinterest uh, and find a lot of easy DIY uh, snuffle mats to use at home. Um, and I will also use that for mealtime. So if you don't know what a snuffle mat is, it's basically basically ugh, words, uh, like a bunch of fleece strips tied to a rubber mat, uh, and you can hide treats and food in there. So I'll, I'll use that a lot for Lexi, uh, but it's a good scent game. They can use their nose to try and find the food in there. So snuffle mats, love, love, love the snuffle mats. And like I said, they're easy to use at home. If you can't tell, my favorite thing with puzzles is what's something that's not going to break the bank, right? Because Corgis figure things out so, so quickly, so quickly. Um, another puzzle kind of thing are um, like scent games. So if you don't know what the shell game is, that's a trick um, where you kind of hide a treat in one of three flower pots and they have to try and find it. So you can do that one. But an easier one that I think most people would rather do is just hiding treats in a room. So I will put Maslow in a different room. I'll get some really stinky treats. I usually prefer to use like fish treats, stinky, stinky treats. And I'll just hide them somewhere in the room. And then I'll just release him. And he has to try and find the treats. And sometimes I'll make it difficult, like I'll put it on top of the coffee table um, or underneath the couch. So he really has to work and try and get it. But that's a fun game for him. That's a really fun game for Quill, because uh, Quill is blind, so he really, really loves that game. And it's really good mental stimulation for him to make him use his his nose a little bit more, right? And so that's um, a couple puzzles out there. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of recommendations for canine enrichment, which I highly recommend you check out. Um, one other puzzle actually that I just thought of is the muffin tin game. So you grab a muffin tin, put some treats in a couple of them, and then cover them. You can either cover them with tennis balls. You can cover them with toys. Um, I use little toys that would small enough to cover the, the muffin area, whatever you want to call it. Anyways, um, you can use balled up newspaper. Go based off of your dog. If your dog is known to ingest things, then don't don't use the um, the newspaper. Obviously, use more of like a tennis ball, something hardy that they aren't gonna get into. But that's a really easy like IQ puzzle you can do at home that is not gonna break the bank. So that's a good one to look into the muffin tin muffin tin game. But anyways, if you look up canine enrichment games, 
Um, like on Pinterest, for example, you will find a lot of options. You can go on Pinterest and there's a lot of DIY options, DIY um, canine enrichment games that I just, again, I don't like to buy IQ puzzles that are going to break the bank. I like to, I like to make it easy, you know, make it super easy. All right. The next thing I want to talk about when it comes to owning a working breed, living harmoniously with your corgi, which is basically what this whole list is about, uh, is walks versus mental stimulation. A lot of people, when they have an active breed, they, they think they need to walk their dogs all the time. They think they have to walk their dog like crazy. Their dog needs four walks a week. Hey, that's dramatic. But you know what I mean. Like people, when they find out you have a working dog, they're like, oh my God, why aren't you working? Why aren't you walking your dog more? Um, mental stimulation is going to be more beneficial for your corgi than walks. Hot take. I said it. I understand. I said it. Mental stimulation is going to get them just as exhausted as walks. It is. Trust me on this. Mental stimulation will get them just as exhausted as a walk. Their energy level, like yes, they are high drive, high energy dog. But if you work their brain, that is going to be more beneficial for you than walking. And I also want you to think of this. When we walk, we walk a lot slower than a dog can. Yes, a dog can walk at our pace, but I want you to imagine how exhausted you are after a leisurely walk versus a mile run. A leisurely walk does not get me exhausted for my day. A mile run gets me exhausted, right? Maybe more than a mile. I swear I, I run more than that. No. <laughs> so uh, a walk as we typically see it, which is a slow, casual walk, is is not going to... It might tire your dog out a little bit, but it's not going to do as much as you think. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If you want to walk your dog, continue to walk your dog. If you enjoy walking your dog, continue walking your dog. I'm not saying don't walk your dog. I'm just saying if you feel like you can't do it, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad because mental stimulation is going to help you more. I promise you. It's going to help you. Now, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't get exercise. There's a lot of exercises your dogs can actually do indoors. That doesn't require walking, like going outside and walking. You can look into a flirt pole. Okay, a flirt pole. It's just like a little pole with a string and there's a toy on the end. And you just flick the toy around and that gets them running. A nice heated game of fetch where they're running, running, running as, at full speed, that is going to tire your dog out too, right? If you have a yard, just letting them run in a yard, that is going to tire them out because they are running as fast as they can, right, versus a leisurely walk, Okay. So something to think about. I will have another episode on good exercises to do with your corgi at home that aren't just walking because there's a lot more exercises you can do than just walking, okay? 
So hang tight, hang with me. That is going to be an episode, don't you worry. Now something else for corgis. This is also going to be just a whole episode. So I'm only going to touch on it a little bit here. But uh, training, specifically trick training your corgi. I love trick training for corgis. I love trick training for corgis because it lets out that mental energy and you get to have fun with your dog, but mainly it lets out that mental energy. And a lot of tricks that we think of when we're like, I'm going to teach my dog this trick. A lot of those tricks are a physical exercise for your dog. So it's just something to think about trick training and not everyone's into training. And I, I think one of the reasons I love trick training is because obedience can just be so daunting, you know, and trick training is just about having fun. But I really do think trick training helps a corgi. You know, I, I've gotten so many corgis into it. I love to, uh, I love to get people onto the same addiction as me. I, <laughs> I'm addicted to trick training and I love to pass on the addiction to other corgi owners. But trick training your corgi, I really do think it's beneficial for them for multiple reasons. And I will have a whole episode on trick training as well, so stick with me. But this has been how to have a harmonious life with a working breed, right? My biggest tips for living with a corgi, okay? So we talked a little bit about that concept. Nothing in life is free. Okay, turning everything into a working opportunity, making them work for everything. That was tip number one. Tip number two, having a set of rules, having structure for them, right? That was tip number two. Tip number three, puzzles. Get your dog mentally stimulated. Have some puzzles. All right, and we talked a little bit on walks versus mental stimulation. God, words. Walks versus mental stimulation. Oh, one of these days I'll get English correct, I swear. But it's not this episode. <laughs> Anyways, walks versus mental stimulation. I still got it a little wrong there, but I'm just going to keep going. And then I talked a little bit on the benefits of trick training. Okay, but I'm going to have a whole different episode on why I love trick training, and I'm going to have an episode on exercises that you can do at home with your dog. But this has been Wiggle Butt Wednesday. We will talk to you guys next week. By we, I uh, apparently mean me and the corgis. I don't usually end this with we, but anyways, the corgis and I will talk to you next week, all right? Have a good one, guys. Corgi Confident is for educational purposes only. Please contact a vet, trainer, groomer, or other pet professional in your area for help. Want more Corgi content? Make sure to follow Maslow the Trick Corgi on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And if you have a question, you can email us at corgiconfidentpodcast at gmail.com. This is the Corgi Queen, signing off.